everyone. I'm Jerry Seville. Thank you for tuning in today. I appreciate you watching the broadcast. We're going to take you back into the Believers Convention right here in Fort Worth, Texas, sponsored by Kenneth Copeland Ministries, where I, along with several others, were one of the guest speakers. And I was talking about, during my services, experiencing God's glory. And today we're going to be talking about how that God wants to surprise you from time to time. God is the God of surprises. I love that thought. I love the idea of that. In fact, I love surprises, and I believe you do as well. Listen to something here in Psalm 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory, and no good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. So notice here, God will give grace and glory. Uh, one of the, the uh, characteristics of the glory of God is the goodness of God. God wants to show you His goodness. And one of the ways that He does that is through surprises. God wants to surprise you. The book of Job in Job chapter 5 says that God is, uh, he, he doeth great things, unsearchable and marvelous things without number. I love the way the message translation reads. It says, He's famous for great and unexpected acts. There's no end to His surprises. God is the God of surprises. He's surprising me all the time. It doesn't surprise me that He fulfills His Word and fulfills His promises, but the way He goes about it sometimes is a big surprise. And I want to encourage you to begin to expect God to surprise you with good things. He's the author of every good and perfect gift. So dare to trust Him, dare to believe Him, and He's going to show you His glory. So let's go into that meeting now where I was talking about this, and then at the close I'll be back with some remaining remarks and some product offers. Watch now. All right, open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 34. We've seen in Exodus chapter 33 in the sessions I've been sharing with you, Moses said, Lord, I beseech thee, show me your glory. And we've discovered in our study that the glory of God consists of, and you tell me, number one, the manifested presence of God. Number two, the manifested power of God. And number three, the manifested goodness of God. Amen. Now, in Exodus chapter 34 and in verse 10, God says, And he said, Behold, I make a covenant before all thy people. I will do marvels such as not have been done in all the earth, nor in any nation, and all the people among which thou art. See the work of the Lord for it is a terrible or an amazing, astonishing thing that I will do with thee. So notice when Moses said, show me your glory, God not only said, I'll, in verse 19, I'll make all my goodness pass before you, but he goes on to say in this chapter that he's going to do marvels. He's going to do wondrous things, things that had not been done thus far in the earth, things that they'd never experienced before. How many of you know you haven't seen all that God is capable of doing? Look at your neighbor saying, the best is yet to come. Amen. Uh, the message translation says, in full sight of your people, I will work wonders that have never been created in all the earth. The Amplified Bible says, wondrous works, miracles, it is an awesome thing that I'm going to do with you. Now, say this with me. Marvels, wonders, wondrous works, 
miracles, and awesome things. Say, that's what my God is going to do for me. And give him praise in advance. Praise God. Amen. Now, a marvel or a wonder and even a miracle is something that arrests the attention of others. That's why God wants to do wonders and signs and miracles in our behalf because it arrests the attention of other people, particularly non-believers. Amen. And I've had people tell me, uh, uh, I'm bringing a visitor to church and uh, I hope nobody speaks in tongues I hope uh, nobody gets healed because they're not familiar with this kind of thing. No, signs, wonders, and miracles are to arrest the attention of non-believers, praise God. Kenneth Hagin used to say, it's the dinner bell. It's the dinner bell. Signs, wonders, and miracles is like ringing the dinner bell. Amen. So don't be concerned about taking a non-believing visitor, a friend, or relative to a place where you expect and it's customary for miracles and signs and wonders to take place, bring them. Amen. It'll get their attention, praise God. You know, before I came to the Lord, when I was still in college, I, I went to a college in South Louisiana. Well, it wasn't deep South Louisiana, but it was on the border. And it was Natchitoches, Louisiana. And at that time it was called Northwestern State College. It's Northwestern State University now. And, uh, you know, you could get a taste of uh, southern Louisiana from there because uh, they had Cajun restaurants, you know, and so forth. And, and I, always, I always loved South Louisiana. And um, I wasn't serving the Lord then. And, and Carol and I began dating in my second year of college. Now, we grew up together on the same street. I've known Carolyn since I was 11 and she was nine. And uh, we grew up on the same street. Uh, we, we went to school together. I'm two years older than her. She was now a senior in high school. And I came home one weekend uh, to visit some guys that I had graduated with, and we all went to different colleges. So we had agreed that after two years of graduation, then we'd all come back to Shreveport and meet and just, you know, have a reunion. And we were supposed to meet at the Carousel Lounge. Uh, the reason they called it Carousel Lounge because it had a revolving bar, bar, uh, revolving bar. And if the drinks didn't get you, the ride did, you know. <laughs> and so we were planning to meet there. Well, I had this hot 57 Chevrolet, and I kept it immaculate. And so before I went to meet my buddies, I stopped at a car wash to clean it up, and I ran into Carolyn. And uh, I hadn't seen Carolyn in a couple of years. And uh, so it was just, you know, somebody I knew, and we spoke briefly, and, and I asked her, you know, uh, what she planning on doing after high school and so forth. And, and um, so anyway, I was supposed to go to the Carousel Lounge, and I don't know where she was going, but we both headed in the same direction. And she went up a few blocks and turned on her left signal turn indicator, you know, uh, to, to turn left. I'm supposed to go straight. Next thing I know, I'm turning left. <laughs> and uh, then she turned right, and I turned right. Then she pulled into somebody's uh, yard, and I pulled in behind her. She got out of the car, and she said, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. 
She said, well, why are you following me? I said, I don't know. She said, well, what do you want? I said, what are you doing here? I said, who lives here? She said, some friends that I go to church with and we're going to have a, a, a Bible study and a prayer meeting and, and so forth. And I thought, well, that should have given me a clue right then to get in my car and go. But no, I had to stick around a little more, you know. And, and uh, I said, well, would you like to go with me? She said, where are you going? I thought, well, she came here for a Bible study, so she's not going to want to go with me. I said, uh, to the Dairy Queen. <laughs> and so she said, well, let me go tell my friends that I'm going to go with you. And so my buddies are waiting on me at the Carousel Lounge, but I go to the Dairy Queen with Carolyn. And it, it was just, you know, childhood friends. I didn't think it was going to be any more than that. And so uh, we're sitting at the Dairy Queen and we're having our malt and a, a burger or something, you know, and, and uh, I said, now, what are you planning on doing after you graduate this year? She said, I'm going to a Bible school in San Antonio and after I graduate, I'm going to be a missionary and I'm going to Africa. I thought, isn't it sad how stupid somebody can get in just two years? <laughs> Why would you want to do that? And I thought, that's the craziest thing I ever heard. Because the school I was going to was a party school. You know, I, I lived off campus in an apartment that had become a casino. <laughs> and if we had time, we went to class, you know. And uh, I'm thinking, why would you want to go to Bible school and go to Africa and be a missionary? So once again, that should have been my cue to get up and leave. But no. And... Uh, we kept talking, and then she started talking to me about the Holy Ghost and uh, speaking in tongues, and I don't know anything about that. And so finally, I took her back to where I found her at that neighbor's house, a friend's house, and then I went to the carousel lounge. When I got there, my buddy said, where have you been? I said, you don't want to know. <laughs> and uh, so we celebrated, you know, and spent the evening together, and and then I had to go back to college. <clears throat> and while I'm there, while I'm driving back to school, I couldn't get my mind off Carolyn. And I don't know why, because this is not the kind of girl I date. And I don't know why. And I get to class the next morning, and I got Carolyn on my mind. And I get out of school that day, and I got Carolyn on my mind. I get up the next day and go to class and I got Carolyn on my mind. I get out of class and I got Carolyn on my mind. Next thing I know, I'm in the car driving back to Shreveport. <laughs> I showed up at the high school and she's coming to her car to go home and she sees me and she says, what are you doing here? I said, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, so I went home with her to visit a little bit and then I was satisfied and I took off and went back to college. I never knew that this was going to develop into a love affair. I just, I just, I don't know why. Well, it was God, yeah. you know, but anyway, uh, eventually when I realized I was falling in love with her, uh, I went back to school and when I went into that apartment that we guys were living in, I had never noticed how filthy it was. <laughs> I'd never noticed the stench before. <laughs> I never noticed what bums my roommates were. 
I thought, what am I doing in a place like this? And so I packed up my stuff and I went and found me a, a, a house across the campus that an 80-year-old woman owned and she'd been housing young men to go to that college for years and years and years. She had an upstairs that had various rooms like several different, almost like apartments upstairs. And uh, so I, I found out about this place and went there and she said, number one, there'll be no drinking in my house. Number two, there'll be no girls in my house. Number three, there'll be no partying in my house. It was everything that I was doing. And now she's saying it'll not be any of that. And I thought, well, this is exactly what I need. Now I hadn't surrendered my life to the Lord yet, but I'm under conviction. You understand? God's, God's dealing with me. And so anyway, uh, after that semester was over with and uh, went back home to Shreveport, Carolyn graduated in May of 1966 and we were married in July of 66. Two months after she graduated, we were married. She was still 17 and I was uh, 19. And, uh, you know, she told me the night before our wedding, she said, now I feel like I need to tell you this. I made a vow to God when I was eight years old, filled with the Holy Spirit, gave my life to God, that the man I marry will be born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, preach the gospel and go to Africa. <laughs> That's the night before our wedding. I said, you're marrying the wrong man. I'm not doing any of that. She said, oh yes, you are. <laughs> I said, no, I'm not doing any of that. I said, if you marry me, you're going to spend the rest of your life on racetracks. I'm going to race automobiles. She said, you don't know the power of intercessory prayer. I said, I've never heard of intercessory prayer. She said, all I want you to do tomorrow night, go in and tell the preacher I do. And me and God will take care of the rest. <laughs> well, you, have you noticed recently when you turn on the Daytona 500 and you turn on the Indy 500, you never hear Jerry Savelle in car 22. <laughs> that was my dream, man. That's, that's what I planned to do. My dad raced automobile. I grew up on racetracks. And, uh, you know, that never happened. And I, I swore up and down that I would never do what she wanted me to do. And so for the next three years, uh, I did my best to prove that will never happen. Until Kenneth Copeland came. And uh, that changed it all, praise God. I heard the gospel like I'd never heard it before, surrendered my life to the Lord, shut down my automotive business, began preparing for the ministry, and then eventually moved here and went to work with Brother Copeland. And uh, next year, February, next year, that'll mark 50 years I've been doing this. And by the way, I am born again. I am filled with the Holy Ghost. I do preach the gospel. And the last 30 years of my 50 years of ministry has been in, in Africa. <laughs> the girl knows how to pray. Amen. So I just say to you, uh, ladies, don't give up on your husbands. Gentlemen, don't give up on your wives. Don't give up on your children. Amen. God began to do wonders and signs and miracles in our lives. Now, I had family members, you know, cousins and aunts and uncles and all. And uh, I remember uh, one of my cousins that I was real close to, he, he came to see me 
And he said, uh, you know, you used to be cool, but uh, you probably don't have any fun anymore now that you're a preacher. I said, I'm still cool. He said, what do you mean? I said, I'm just as cool as I ever was. <laughs> I said, but I just don't run in the same circles in the, rain, in the same crowd. And I said, are you kidding me? I don't have any fun. I said, when's the last time you saw cripples walk? When's the last time you saw blind eyes open? When's the last time you saw uh, people uh, possessed with demons get totally set free? That's the kind of fun I have now, praise God. And I began praying for all my cousins, all my relatives. And uh, they thought I'd lost my mind, but they couldn't deny the signs, the wonders, the miracles. See, they were they were happening in my life to arrest the attention of others. Now, they thought I was a nut at first, but every time they got sick, they called the nut. Every time they were going broke, they called the nut. Every time they needed a miracle, they called the nut. He's a nut, but God answers that nut's prayers. You know, and eventually he won them all to the Lord, praise God. Some of them are working for me to this day, praise God. One cousin, he said, I don't want to be like you. I said, well, it's too late. I said, I shared the word with you. I've been praying for you. I shared with you how to make Jesus the Lord of your life, and you're going to wind up being just like me. He said, I don't want to be like you. I said, it's too late. If I'd have never shared the word with you, because the word doesn't return void, and if I hadn't been praying for you, uh, then you could have gone to hell, but you're not going to hell. You're going to wind up being just like me. I don't want to be like you. I got my car and backed out of his driveway. He's beating on my window saying, I don't want to be like you. I just ignored him and backed out of his driveway. He chased me down the road saying, I don't want to be like you. He'd been like me now for 35 years, praise God. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Signs, wonders, miracles. Say it with me. Signs, wonders, miracles. They draw the attention of others. And that's what God wants to do in our lives today. This didn't pass away with Moses and the children of Israel. Can you say amen? amen. That's part of seeing the glory of God. Now, just for example, the splitting of the Red Sea was a marvel and a miracle, and a wonder. Feeding people supernaturally with manna from heaven was a marvel, a wonder. Their shoes never wearing out while they journeyed 40 years in the wilderness was a sign, a wonder, and a miracle. David defeating the Philistines shortly after he was made king of Israel, and he was totally outnumbered by enemy forces, and yet he defeated them. And that's the day he came to realize that God was the God of the breakthrough. Hallelujah. First Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 24 says, declare his glory among the heathen, his marvelous works among all nations. That's what we're to be talking about. Talking about the glory of the Lord, his signs, his wonders, his miracles, his marvelous works. David attributed this great victory to God and because of the manifestation of his presence and his power and his goodness. Now, Job chapter 5, verse 9. Go there with me real quick. Job chapter 5, 
and verse 9. I love this. Well, let's back up to verse 8. I would seek unto God, and unto God would I commit my cause, which doeth great things and unsearchable, marvelous things and without number. He's attributing this to God. He says he does great things, unsearchable things, marvelous things without number. I love the way the message translation reads. He's famous for great and unexpected acts. There's no end to his surprises. No end to his surprises. Say, my God God. is the God of surprises. I love that, praise God. I love surprises. I get up every day expecting surprises from God. Hallelujah. And you know what? He doesn't disappoint me. He's always surprising me. Now, I don't always know how he's going to answer a prayer. I don't, know always, I don't always know how he's going to meet a need. But I quit questioning that a long time ago. Amen. I just know he will. I know he can. And he's famous for surprises. Amen. He's famous for surprises. Some of y'all not believing for surprises. Anybody believing for surprises? Don't limit God. Don't limit God to the way he did it last time. Don't limit God to the way you heard he did it for somebody else. Just remove all the limitations. Amen. God's got ways that you couldn't dream up in a thousand years to bless you, to meet a need in your life, and to manifest his glory in your behalf. Can you say amen? Amen. Don't limit God. He's famous for surprises. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, I think it was last September when we had our motorcycle rally here in Fort Worth, and and, uh, Jesse always comes and speaks with me in it. And uh, uh, I could hardly wait for Jesse to get there because he hadn't seen the 65 GTO yet. So I said, uh, Jesse, we're going to the rally tonight in the 65 GTO. He said, oh man, I remember them 65 GTOs. And so we got in it. We started driving over to the the rally. And, you know, I decided to let him see what a 65 GTO would do. Oh, I burned rubber in three gears. And Jesse's screaming, I'm 16 again. I'm 16 again. I'm 16 again. Oh, it's it's cool, wasn't it, Jesse? And uh, God surprised me with that. Hallelujah. He was showing me his glory. I've seen it in manifestations of his presence. I've seen it in manifestations of his power. And praise God, he's continuing to show it to me in manifestations of his goodness. That was just the goodness of the Lord. Can you say amen? What would it be like if the glory of God was manifested in your life? Scripture gives us many examples of God's glory being revealed and changing impossible situations. Sadly, many Christians today are unaware of this miraculous power. In his new eye-opening resource, Show Me Your Glory, 
Jerry Savelle reveals the biblical principles to experiencing the manifested glory of God in your life. This is your opportunity. Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and request this life-changing package, including the all-inclusive book and six-CD teaching, Show Me Your Glory. In this prophetic teaching, you'll discover the three characteristics of the glory, the prerequisites for experiencing the glory, and how the glory will cause you to walk in victory and triumph. Don't delay. Call or go online to jerrysavelle.org and order your copy of this special resource today. Psalm 62 verse 5 says, My soul, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. Are you expecting from God today? Are you expecting God to do some good things in your life? Are you expecting God to show you His glory? You know, expectation is a vital part of seeing the glory of God. You know, real Bible faith expects. What do you believe? Well, if you're believing that God's going to show you His glory, then you're also expecting it. You get up every day expecting it. You get up every day anticipating it. You get up every day saying, God, thank you for showing me your glory and praising Him in advance for it. Praise God. So, I want to encourage you once again, be sure to join me next week for this final session talking about experiencing His glory from the Believers' Convention here in Fort Worth, Texas. Don't forget our special product offer, Show Me Your Glory book, also six CDs on the same title, or with the same title. These are powerful tools that will help you, prepare you for experiencing the glory of God. So, don't delay. Order these products today, and I'm telling you, once you get them in your home, I know you're going to be glad you received them. You're going to be glad that you ordered them. Be sure and share them with family members and friends, and also encourage them to watch the broadcast in the days ahead. And don't forget, we want you to know that we appreciate your watching the broadcast. We appreciate uh, you sharing with us how that you're enjoying the programs. We also appreciate all of those of you that have become partners with us, sowing into this ministry, helping us fulfill our vision. We couldn't do it without you. And I want to thank you once again for being my partner. And if you're not a partner, please prayerfully consider becoming one. If you want more information on partnership, just log on to our website and it will tell you how to become a partner and the benefits from being a partner. And I believe, praise God, that you're going to enjoy this connection that you have with this ministry. Once again, I want to encourage you to make your plans to join with me next week. Don't miss the final part of this message on experiencing the glory of God. I want you to uh, also stay connected with us through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all those social media uh, ways to stay connected. They're there for you, and it's a tool that enables us to stay connected to you and sharing the Word with you, praying with you, believing God for the miracle that you need in your life. So, stay connected with us. We appreciate that. Also, uh, if you'd like a copy of our magazine, Adventures in Faith, why don't you write and ask for that? Go on the website and it'll tell you how. We want to send it to you. There's several articles in there by myself, my wife, and other uh, writers that we, in, we invite to put articles in the magazine. And they're uplifting. They're encouraging. They're faith building. And we want you to have it, praise God. Also, check out our itinerary and see where we're going to be in your area. I'd like for you to be in one of our meetings. And if at all possible, come up and shake hands with me and uh, let me know. And I, I love this because everywhere I go, uh, 
somebody comes up and says, hey, I'm your partner, and I appreciate that, praise God. So partners, we love you, and all of you that are, that are beginning to be a partner, we thank you in advance for you believing in the call of God on our life. Thank you again. We'll see you next week. And until then, remember, your faith will overcome the world.